Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are venturing forth into the Plain of Ice, also known as the Frostfell. Hey, Brian. William. How are you doing today? Hey. Uh, good. I'm really good. That's good. Yeah. I'm doing good, too. You know why I'm doing good? Because it's... It's like 75 and sunny outside. It is, although that's warm for me. That's not why I'm doing good. I okay. prefer when it's sub 60 degrees personally, but that's just me. Okay. Okay. The reason that I'm feeling good is because we got new t-shirts. We do have new we t-shirts. We got new t-shirts. I'm going to stand up so you guys can see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll stand up too. We have don't fart in the underdark shirts. Yeah. It finally happened. So for people that are new to the show, you might not have heard the thing I said a long time ago, which was don't fart in the underdark. And there are reasons for that. If you go back to the old uh, Underdark episodes, you can uh, find the context for that. But these shirts, uh, these awesome designs, and there's actually a third design we're not wearing, were given by fan of the show Dustin, who asked us to please let you guys know about his jujitsu studio store where they sell really awesome designs he makes uh, for rash guards and t-shirts called Zenko Fightwear. So the link will be in the description. Go check out his stuff. It's really cool, especially if you need a good rash guard or a TV t-shirt. And then also uh, another member of that jiu-jitsu studio runs a charity coffee company called Brew, Brew Owl Coffee that does a lot of charity work by uh, donating a lot of their proceeds to national parks and park reservations and, and the like. Uh, they brew some really awesome looking coffee. I'm sure it tastes and smells fantastic. So that link will also be in the description. Thanks, Dustin. These designs are fantastic. And we are currently working on getting these designs available for you guys to purchase. Uh, we are working on a new store. And when that store is up, you guys will be able to wear these shirts too. Yeah, we're, we're going to work on more with us and on more niche designs, but more to come on that. That's in the works. And um, the old merch store, we're not sure what's going to happen with that. We're, I think, did we hash out a plan for that? I think for now it's going to, it's just going to stay up where it is mm -hmm. and then, and we'll go from there. But we will, we will, there will be, we'll keep you guys posted on that. But yeah, um, thanks Dustin. We really appreciate the cool shirts. Um, Mine, mine's so cool. It's got a fucking illithid on it. Yeah, so, the prints came out fantastic. Yeah, excellent stuff. I can't wait for it to hit the streets. 
All right. Well, it may be warm outside, Brian, but we're keeping it frosty here on the Dungeon Cast. I, I promise it's not very warm most other places in the, in the country. Indeed. <laughs> and we're heading deep into the land of ice and snow. The Inner Plains are most famous for the representation of the four major elements in Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, air, earth, fire, and water. But there are other planes of existence between and beyond these ones. Quasi and para-elemental planes that represent the various lesser elements of the cosmos that come into existence via some combination of the major four elements, and at times also the positive and negative planes. Mm -hmm. And today we are visiting one of the four para-elemental planes. Now, you may be wondering about the exact details of what a para-elemental plane exactly is. And I am. And that's okay, because I have answers. <laughs> so, the four elemental planes are held apart from one another by a series of four lesser realms known as the para-elemental planes, or para-planes for short. These intermediary areas form where aspects of one elemental plane mingle with those of another. In essence, they're elemental alloys. The materials that comprise these planes aren't unique, but instead represent the purest combinations of the core four elements. The four paraplanes are ice, magma, ooze, and smoke. Okay. Um, but for today, we're focusing exclusively on the para-elemental plane of ice, also known as the Frostfell. Very cool. Yeah. So the paraelemental plane of ice forms where the chilling winds of air brush across the surface of water. This place is often referred to as the floating plane, for it acts as though it were adrift upon a bottomless deep with the endless expanse of elemental air spreading out above it. Most of the paraplane of ice is a frozen mass, rather like a giant glacier. Travelers to this place discover that it's unbearably cold and it's difficult to tunnel through as earth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Glistening white ice, cracked and scored, lies in a sheet as far as the eye can see. It's an endless Arctic plain where only frozen crags of ice-locked mounts shatter the smooth sheet and give features to the terrain. At its heart, the paraelemental plain of ice is an immense glacier without base or surface. It is a region of incredibly cold, incredible cold and darkness. Dig, and there's no limit to how deep the ice extends. And during that dig, one might get un might get lucky and find caverns filled with the purest air or unlucky and hit a boulder bigger than a mountain. I was going to say this. It sounds a little boring until you start um, boring. <laughs> yeah. But then are, are there going to be like animals and stuff? Yeah. We're going to get into the inhabitants and all that stuff too. Sick. Yeah, so right now we're talking about the, the, uh, geology question mark the geography yeah the actual plane uh, yeah what it's comprised of yes lots of material discussion mm -hmm. uh, where the plane borders the plane of water scattered icebergs float in and on an endless sea where it borders the plane of air the ice ends in a jutting white wall this solid ice wall is a surface upon which one can walk uh, a sheet of craggy ice extending in all directions as far as the eye can see and where hazardous blizzards scour Icy mountain peaks erupt from the surface in places. The air is breathable on the surface, but the temperature is deathly cold. This region of the plain is called the precipice, and many visitors foolishly believe it to represent the whole plain, though the majority of the plain exists below the precipice. I see. Okay. Uh, gravity exists on the paraplane. Uh, up is toward the plane of air, while down is towards the plane of water. When one approaches the quote-unquote, bottom of the layer. More and more water is present until the ice breaks up into chunks atop the plane of water. This border region is called the Sea of Frozen Lives. Uh, in the lateral directions, one can travel along the endless ice to the borders of the negative energy plane, the quasi-elemental plane of salt. 
the positive energy plane and the quasi-elemental plane of steam. These border regions are known uh, as the frigid void, the stinging storm, the shimmering drifts, and the fog of unyielding frost, respectively. Man, people come up with some cool-ass names in the fantasy world. <laughs> Indeed. Are they, they, like, traveling around? Is this, like, one map? Like, when when you talk about the map of the elemental planes, is it... Does somebody just have, like, a book, like how there's a page in the DMG about it? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it like that, or is it like you find a tome on, like, this is everything ice, baby? I, it's it's complicated. <laughs> See, often this type of stuff gets described in a physical sense, as if you could just walk, just like here, you can walk over there. Totally. But other times it's like, well, the plane's supposed to be eternal, so how does that work with time and space, you know? The way I see it is these these planes, though technically infinite, like you can just go and go and go and it'll just be ice and ice and ice forever. There are going to be places where the the plane, the veil between planes begins to thin and mm-hmm. you start to traverse between one and into another. Yeah. Kind of like the way the Feywild and Shadowfell overlap. That's the way I see it. I always pictured it like there's this plane, it has an entry point from the material world, like that you can slip in between. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on indefinitely. So it goes on indefinitely in one direction and not in all directions. Okay. Yeah, I I could see that for sure. So the frigid void is free of snow and blizzards and is a region of absolute darkness and cold. The stinging storm is an area of hailing salt storms. The fog of unyielding frost is full of bitter cold vapors that can freeze one's lungs. The shimmering drifts is perhaps the oddest region as the snow falling here is infused with an energy that can cause severe confusion to those who come into contact with it. Um, any questions about like the border regions? Uh, it sounds like shit to have your lungs freeze. Oh yeah, most of, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> the majority of the plane, however, exists below the precipice. About half of the caverns within the endless ice are elemental pockets of air. The others are essentially underwater lakes full of ice cold waters. Traveling through any of these regions can be especially dangerous for hazards and hostile terrain and environment conditions abound. Okay. Um, The first and most obvious of these hazards is freezing. Mm -hmm. The Frostfell is amazingly cold. Travelers who enter without being ready to deal with it won't last long. Those without an immunity to cold or magical protection from the temperature uh, suffer cold damage by the round. 1d6 cold damage in 2nd edition. Oh, okay. Uh, Although using 5e's extreme cold rules is probably a better fit for a 5e game. Which (laughs) I would say so. Yeah, it starts implementing exhaustion rather rather than damage. Yeah, I think we talked a a little bit about the exhaustion in the Imix episode Mm -hmm. um, and how you face that. Like, extreme cold, extreme, extreme... Temper- temperatures in your environment will cause exhaustion in the real world, too. Indeed. So I like that that gets implemented here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is even said that non-magical protection from cold, such as wearing cloth, clothing made to withstand extremely cold weather, covering all exposed in and uh, keeping out of the winds, will only be so effective in alleviating the effects of the sh- extreme cold here. Worse yet, the temperature doesn't remain steady, so some areas of ice are much colder than others. In fact, certain spots are so cold that no amount of non-magical protection can stave off the effects from the environment, and that the effects of the plane are twice as brutal for those without protective gear and clothing. Okay. Um, Which I think that all tracks. Yeah. Um, 
And as it gets colder still, deep within the paraplane, some areas are so cold that energy, even light, freezes. Vision becomes impossible, for light doesn't travel to meet your eyes. Yo, what? So you just go blind? <laughs> yep, and legends speak of areas so cold, words and thoughts can also freeze, meaning that trying to speak or think clearly requires a successful saving throw. Go far enough into the paraplane, and even those immune to cold suffer damage per round. Furthermore, new ice forms at a rate of about a foot per minute, making the ground extremely unstable as ice grows and grows eternally. Well, now, like, what does immune to cold even mean at this point, you know? When you get to that point, yeah, it it stops meaning anything. It sounds like story stuff. It doesn't sound like mechanic stuff, you know what I mean? Like, Well, I mean— Maybe for a second. Yeah, you'd have to deal with it in the moment. Mm. Like, your cold immunity isn't working anymore. Would you go blind or would you see a static image? Uh, I think you would see nothing, which I think would— translate to black because light yeah, traveled to your like, eye but now it's stopped traveling to your eye yeah you know what i mean the absence of everything vision. of vision yeah exactly <laughs> yeah okay taken to its ultimate extreme cold becomes something else entirely true cold <laughs> you've heard of cold before but it was all a lie <laughs> a true cold area of the paraplane is a region in which more than just water or flesh can freeze a substance energy word thought or even a concept like goodness or nearness can freeze solid taking on a f- the form of a strange ice crystal while frozen the item thought or whatever it is has no power or meaning Somehow, so do, uh, some outsiders enjoy scouring the true cold areas of ice for frozen ideas, which they take back with them. Okay, Vecna. <laughs> yeah, Vecna's probably loving it here. There's a frosty idea out there. Like, Vecna's either always like here trying to find ideas and, and stuff, or he's uh, at the bottom of Acheron trying to find memories off the frozen <laughs> uh, level layer sticks. He's just out there with his like Nothic homies, like trying yeah. to like they're like scraping he's ideas off the ice. <laughs> exactly. Like, I can't get this one. <laughs> Once removed from the frigid temperatures of the paraplane, the prizes thaw, uh, usually within a specially prepared container. Then they might be used somehow to power a magical item or an esoteric scheme or simply sold for profit. Uh, Sigil's Great Bazaar offers distilled chaos, bottled sadness, or liquid left for sale. I see, or sigil, if you're uh, cultured. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Speaking of... um... Speaking of containers, uh, mm-hmm. we, we forgot to talk about our dice uh, thing at the top. We don't have to because that's a pre-made video that I'm going to splice in. Oh, hell no yeah. Problem. Dice contest, though. Dice contest, though. Podcast people, <laughs> go check out. Um, uh, check out the jar on our videos. And on social media. Yeah, yeah. and that too, which I got to do. Dice guessing contest. <laughs> All right, back to it. So the next major hazard on our list is breathing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on the precipice, the air is plentiful, if cold. Uh, below the surface, the paraplane is a solid block of ice, so breathing can be a problem. The only ways to get around this are by using magic or by holding your breath, and the latter is a short-term solution, to say the least. Elemental pockets of air can be found and can provide relief on a journey through otherwise airless ice. Fissures, cracks, and other openings in the ice often have a thin atmosphere as well. So basically, if you're traveling long-term here, you you have to think about the air problem. Like yeah. You might even, like, okay, you find... A series of tunnels, but guess what? All the air there seeped out and got used centuries ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just an airless vacuum. In yeah, the ice. I mean, you got potions that can kind of handle this thing. And the yeah. longer we do this show, the more Genasi makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like, so true. Their abilities like are for 
these, these places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, or at least inspired by these places. Right, exactly. So the next hazard is vision. Uh, we already talked about a little bit about going blind because it's so cold, light freezes, mm -hmm. which makes no physical sense it's in our fantasy world. physics. It's fantasy issue. physics. Light can freeze. <laughs> uh, like the elemental plane of Earth, the frost felt is a vast mass of solid matter. One can normally see one, one can see normally in fissures, caverns, and the like of carrying a light source. However, items like lanterns and torches work only in spots where the atmosphere is thick enough to breathe. Uh, further, while fire might seem an obvious boon it presents two possible problems uh firstly fire melts ice and snow this can cause some obvious unintended consequences mm -hmm. under the surface of the paraplane this can invite trouble even a torch can create an ice fall or at least douse the bearer with frigid water that refreezes almost instantly oh uh, secondly in the coldest portions of the paraplane fire freezes when this happens, there is a 50% chance the flame becomes a solid chunk of cold, ice-like fire, and a 50% chance that it becomes a black, burning flame that radiates powerful cold instead of heat and provides little or no light. It's this so cold, it's changing things at their atomic level. Right, right, okay. exactly. Which, you know, the more we get into this type of stuff, the more I realize that you can't apply, like, a atomic understanding of physical reality to Dungeons and Dragons. It just You mean in a place where like visual information can become like this static thing that you can peel off the ground? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. No, no, it doesn't. People are like, do the fantasy physics episode. I'm like, fucking how? Like it yeah. just it, it doesn't make sense on purpose. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um I I I wanna one thing I want to say is Fori had this thing, these things called sunrods, which I don't think are in 5e. But essentially, they are, they're just glow sticks. They're, like, really awesome glow sticks. I fucking love glow sticks. And um, you could just get them at level one. You just had sunrods, and you could, like, tur turn them on. They'd last for an hour. So it's, like, in places where you didn't want to use a torch, you use a sunrod. Um, there are lightning rods and witch light, but I don't see sunrod here. Yeah. It was, and, and the thing is, I just thought it was a thing that was a D&D &D thing, but apparently it was a 4E thing. Oh, that yeah. Okay. I mean, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah, where the sunrods in 5e comes up. Um, it's a Forgotten Realms item, so it could potentially exist. Let us know if the sunrod exists somewhere in 5e, because um, 5e likes to hide its information in behind paywalls. It does. And which paywall, like, fucking, we don't know. We don't always know. It's, <laughs> it's hard know. when you want, like, a little niche thing like that. Yeah. Uh, I will say, like, 4e was a lot more well-organized when it came to, like, the comprehensiveness of their catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, and 5e is way less so and is very much on purpose. Yeah, it's almost like they want to do a bunch of microtransactions and they're going to implement that in any way they fucking feasibly can without <laughs> aggravating the fan base. Indeed. So next hazard is pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, the paraplane of ice constantly tries to fill in voids, whether there's something else in them or not. Caverns and passages that exist one day can be gone the next, collapsed in by the pressure of ice moving inward to fill the gap. Constructed passages seal within 1d6 days. Those entombed within the solid ice below the surface suffer ongoing damage per turn. Yeah. Um, vanilla ice is there. It's uh, under pressure. Vanilla. <laughs> Um, I didn't, the delivery on that one was weak. Sorry. <laughs> Let's take a short rest. <laughs> it's the grand adventures of Ilian and Beard. Ilian, I found one. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, right here, right here, right here. Oh, right, wonderful. Tucked away, tucked Thank away you, around Dan. this corner. Uh, Your perception remains just unparalleled. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but yes, this is this is a shop we need. Look, weapons and everything else you need for combat. Fantastic. It's a good name. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's enter now. Shall we? Yeah. Oh, wow. This place is huge and has everything we need. It smells immaculate. Indeed. Look, Ilian. Spears. Yes, perfect. Let me start loading those up. Ah, yes. Uh, and here's the swords for uh, me. Put put them in the cart. Put them in the cart, hey, Ben. Uh, how how are you gentlemen doing today? Welcome to the sh welcome to the shop. Hello, hello there. Hi, hi. Um, uh, is there anything I can help you with? Are you finding everything okay? You have a wonderful establishment here, and all the spears that I could possibly ask for. You, you know, it, it's funny these days. All these conversations kind of start like this, and then um, and then people leave. What? Why would they leave? Yeah, well, they don't. What do you mean? What do you mean? They after leave they with your this, goods. Yeah, yes. Are people stealing from you? No, 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 no. They say they say lots of things. They're gonna they they pick up a potion of greater healing and then they like oh I gotta get my coin. I need to run to the bank and then they they leave and they don't come back and you know it's just oh that's terrible. People leave their carts full of of stuff. Yeah. Oh wow, look over there. There's a bunch of carts just filled up and abandoned. I can't believe that. That's that's very unfortunate. Well, I'll tell you what, anonymous shopkeeper, I have the magic artifact designed for you. Behold, as I conjure forth from this staff, an artifact that will solve all your, uh, all your entrepreneurial needs. Whoa. The orb of Shopify. It's so bright. Let me repeat again, orb of Shopify. What? Alien, did you just do magic? Yes, Bian, I did. And very, he did very good. He did very good. Thank magic. you. Yeah, Thank I, you. I've, I'm, I'm, now I'm bewildered. With this orb, good sir, you will have the best and most powerful selling tools in all of e-commerce. I'm absolute. That's that's really cool, uh, Alien. That's sick as hell. Yes, indeed. It will connect you with countless customers and no more people leaving carts filled and abandoned. With this Shopify's orb, your checkout converts will increase by 36%. That's a lot. Indeed, Shopify is the realm's best converting to checkout rate. I, I saw him staring into his orb of ether's net. He was saying a lot of things like this. I would believe him when he says that. And as you would imagine, more customers converting means more money for you and your business. That sounds fantastic. And all with less effort. And you would, you'll just give me the this orb? If I can take every spear you have in this establishment, sir, you can have the orb. That sounds like a decent trade. Beard, load the cart. I'm loading it with spears. Oh, well, we need a sword too. Oh, put it in. Okay, I'm gonna have to charge you for the sword. The, the spears, it's a good deal. I guess you don't need this orb of Shopify then. I, I definitely do, I definitely do. I want it, I want it really bad. What do I do, do I like mount it up on the wall or like put it in the drawer or? What you must do is in the dead of night, when all is quiet, you must stare deep into the orb and shed but a single tear and, <laughs> And let it hear your heart's deepest wish of customers coming to your store, filling their carts, and leaving after buying what is in said carts. That's an important detail, yeah. Wow, Alien, that was beautiful. Well, then it's a deal. It's a deal. Take the sword. Take the sword. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash DungeonCast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash DungeonCast to take your business to the next level today. The Shopify.com slash DungeonCast. Shopify.com slash DungeonCast. 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're fucking back. Indeed we are. Ilian and Bjorn are on side quests? Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Probably. Um... There's a lot of cool stuff. I, I sorry, I need to do a Patreon announcement. Yeah, I didn't tell you, by but all means. we uh, we changed one of our tiers in Patreon. One that existed, and the stuff that a lot of the stuff we promised would be there is still going to be there and is there. Um, there's this series we did called Super Short Saga that we did with some of our friends. That's a lot of fun. Dungeon Crawl Classics is next on the list. That's coming up this week, and. Um, We've got five second rule at Goblin Punks in there, and there's this ch- cool chicken game I wasn't a part of that's going to oh, be up there too. <laughs> the chicken game was yeah. hilarious. So those are those are I releasing, and they're they're going to be out there on the tier. But also we changed it to, from it was supposed to be my campaign's tier, but that's on long term hiatus uh, once again. So I don't know when we're getting back to that. But there's a uh, a tier in space is what we've changed the name right. to to reference an alien and beer and skit that we did a couple episodes ago. And so if you want more Alien and Beard-centric content, you can get that on a tier in space. Um, we were also doing this thing called the Dungeon Chats, which is me and Will just kind of talking about, you know, media recommendations, what we're doing, what's t- taking up our time outside of the show and, like, life. So there's a lot of hockey and baseball talk. There's a lot of video game talk. There's a lot of, like, sometimes we're talking about D&D, just playing the game. Yeah. Um, and now it's going to be 
Uh, we're going to take that dungeon chat idea and do it from the perspective of Ilian and Bjorn. So it'll be an Ilian and Bjorn style chat episode where they just kind of like sit around and shoot the shit and talk about certain topics. So that'll be in the tier and space. Um, and you guys can go check that out on patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. Um, it's one of the best ways you can support us financially. It's like probably the main way besides listening to the show in general. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And we really appreciate everybody that's there. Um, we do Patreon related um uh, like vote people can vote for episodes of this show like what's going to come out once a month over there mm -hmm. um it's a big fight it's a big fight usually oh man this let me tell you about this last one hold yeah. on i gotta pull it up because i don't think there's ever been a poll this close in in this year this past year of doing it mm -hmm. um and it's a fight between the goddess of the, the Faerunian or uh Forgotten Realms Goddess of Sahani Moonbow versus Fourth Edition Explained. Ooh, Sahani Moonbow starting to pull away. It was <laughs> it was thirty two to thirty one percent, and now we're looking at thirty five to thirty one percent. Dude, poor Dang. Fourth Edition Explained. Fourth Edition Explained has been a runner up on yeah, these it's polls been for like six months. That one and the the step by step dungeon building one, which is this was the first month in like almost half a year that dungeon building didn't make the poll. Oh, and I, are people I giving up. No, no, it's still going strong. It's just like it keeps getting second or third. And I wanted to give some other things a chance this time. Oh, OK. Including the fourth edition explained. But um, but I mean, I if they keep suggesting it, it'll keep making the polls. So don't stop doing it'll that. It'll happen eventually. Yeah, it'll stop doing that. Um, So those those episodes will come out. But obviously, with the voting process here, we're going to respect that. So indeed, um, when it comes, it comes yeah. and you'll see it. But that's some cool stuff you can do on Patreon. You can also access the show's notes um, that will writes mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you any characters we've ever built, which we, we haven't done a lot lately. But yeah, I'd they're like there to back to that. Um, and like there's a ton of other stuff in there that's available depending on what tier you jump in at. So go check out patreon.com slash dungeon cast. And that'll be my big Patreon pump for this episode. We'll let it lie there. And All get right. Back to it. Let's get back to it. Okay. So now that we've established how horrible the Frostfell is and that you should never, ever come here, uh, let's talk about the people and creatures who do live here. Yeah. Let's talk about going there and what you'll encounter <laughs> when you do. As that's what I think about in that first section I was like, okay, what, how am I going to use this in a game? Right. I was like, ah, I shouldn't be going here without yeah. like something to you do. You got to have a reason. Well, yeah. we're going to talk about not just the, the things that live here, but the, the places of interest in, that are here. Yeah. That we know about. This so, terrible Dr. Seuss book. Indeed. Oh, the places you shouldn't go. <laughs> Creatures like winter wolves, frost salamanders, ice crabs, remoras, yeti, and ice toads thrive in this chill realm, mm. avoiding only the coldest of areas. Most of these beasts prefer the precipice, though some dwell in the rifts and crevices below the surface. Uh, some have reportedly seen ice boules oh, wow. uh, plying their way through the ice seeking prey. Now that would be a boule just real cold one though. <laughs> yeah. Because that's that's not a regular stat block, is it? No, boule? it's not. You'd have to, yeah, I mean I'm sure maybe in a previous edition. But, oh sure, yeah. But not a 5 e you're not going to find an ice boule. Unless there's one I don't know about, which would be pretty cool. Well, I'll Google ice boule. Yeah. Uh, the Paraplane of Ice is also home to large communities of frost giants and an equally great number of ice and frost trolls. Uh, all three of these races dislike each other intensely, thus feuds between troll and troll or troll and giant are never-ending. Mm. Uh, one such battle, fought in a region called Ytherior, uh, created a frozen lake of blood and weapons that remains to this day. 
those who those who have come upon the bloodmire, as it is referred to, describe it as a place of utter horror and grisly beauty. Many of the combatants frozen before they fell in battle, and now they're part of a strange eternal ballet dancing within the lake of frozen blood. Okay, that sounds crazy. It's yeah, pretty intense. I can't find Ice Boulet, but our our video on Boulets did come up as the first video suggestion for. So that that might tell you if we don't know about it now, we didn't know about it then. Yeah. Um, the regular boulet is up. I don't know. Uh, I would have to Google this in more dedicated sense to figure it out. So sorry, everyone. Indeed. A number of white dragons make their home in the Paraplane of Ice. Uh, the greatest of these, Albrathanilar, 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 <laughs> appears to be positioning herself for a battle against Cryonax, the Archimental of Ice and ruler of the Frostfell. Oh, wow. No one can predict the outcome of such a fray, but even if the dragon does manage to defeat the reigning Archimental, it seems unlikely that the para-elementals of ice will accept her as their new leader. Still... Albrathanilar, who is also a cunning and powerful wizard, uses her spells to charm and conjure forth more and more allies in preparation for what surely will be a conflict of major proportions. For now, however, Cryonax and Albrathanilar use spies and saboteurs against each other in what could only be called a Cold War. Oh, no. Stave off the winter months, comrade. <laughs> we will find peace. Now, what? Oh, so... This wizard is going to go in here to... No, no, no. The dragon is a wizard. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The, <laughs> the dragon, dragon is a also wizard. a wizard. Yeah. And they're trying to fight the Archimental of Ice, the 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 Imix of Ice. Right, okay. Yeah, I know. We did an Imix episode. We're probably not going to do a Cryonax episode because this is going to be Cryonax's episode. We're going to talk a lot about him right now. I see. Okay. So no true power resides in the Paraplane of Ice save for Cryonax, the Archimental of Ice. Cryonax is a fur-covered humanoid about 15 feet tall. Oh, God, I forgot the metric. I'm already, I've already <laughs> got it up. That's 4.572 meters. Thank you. Powerfully built and said to resemble a yeti or similar creature, his most unusual features are two long tentacles that sprout where you might expect to see arms, kind of like our favorite demon lord. Shout out to Demon Gorgon. Shout out to Demon Gorgon. Cryonax is arrogant <laughs> in that he considers himself a deity. Uh, he's the only para-elemental entity ever to have risen through the ranks to become a full-fledged argumental. Um, it may be this arrogance and the fact that Cryonax claims to be a son of the Elder Elemental God uh, that has made him into the powerful force he is today. While some might dismiss him as a lesser creature, uh, not the equal of the other elemental princes, they'd be wise not to do it where he could hear them. Cryonax has big, big plans. Okay. It's his desire to bring the whole of the paraplane of ice uh, under his rule. As no force strong enough to oppose him has surfaced, and he eventually may accomplish this lofty goal, uh, that success, however, will only be the starting point. Cryonax plans to then raise the power of ice until it becomes a true elemental plane. Whether he intends for ice to replace one of the four existing planes or simply join them as a fifth element is unclear. <laughs> the fifth element. Ice. <laughs> um, what will happen to the inner planes of Cryonex is successful? No one can say. Uh, most people don't think that this goal is possible. The nature of the multiverse is fixed and cannot be disrupted, they argue. On the other hand, others claim that the Archimental could potentially freeze one or more of the elemental planes, expanding the boundaries of ice throughout water and air, and even freezing earth and fire. 
But even this isn't his ultimate goal. In the end, Cryonex has vowed to see his own power increase beyond that of the other Archimentals. When this happens, he believes ice will become the one true element and all other things will be considered lesser forms of matter. Uh, eventually, he, he wishes to see the entire multiverse frozen and under his command. Cryonex is Mr. Freeze. Yes. Is Victor Freeze. Just big. Just big. Should we read the Cryonex stat block at the end of this? Do, is there one for 5e? I'll look. Yeah, look it up. Because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the paraplane of ice is generally as bleak and dismal a place as a mortal could ever see. True, it has numerous faults and chasms, but to the undiscerning eye, they all start to look alike after a while. Still, there are a number of major locations throughout the plane worth considering introducing your players to. The first is known as Arcolantha. Far beneath the surface of the paraplane lies a pocket of elemental air several miles in diameter. The walls of this round chamber have been polished until the ice is as smooth as glass. At the center of the sphere is a glowing orb that spreads an even white light over everything. Frozen inside the icy walls of the chamber are countless animals gathered from across the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Although these beasts are frozen solid, they are not truly dead. If one is removed from the ice and thawed, it returns to life. Thus, it's hard to say whether Arcolantha is more a museum or a zoo. Um, and there's no information on who made this place or why it exists. Interesting. Um, I can't find a Cryonox stat block. I didn't think block. you would be able to. There's an unofficial one, I believe, uh, Reddit user Amritat mm -hmm. created it. Yeah. Um, and they used Forgotten Realms Wiki as a base to make the stat block, which looks pretty good. Decent, but yeah. we're not, it's not official content, so we're not going to read it here, but you can go check that out. Indeed. Next up, we have the Chiseled Estate. Ooh. The Chiseled Estate is the icy fortress of Cryonax. This colossal structure rises well over a mile above the surface of the frozen plain, and it extends down into the cold heart of the paraplane at least four times that far. Kind of like Demogorgon's tower. <laughs> Shout out to Demogorgon. Is yeah. Cryonax Demogorgon's it's, son? It's cold Demogorgon. Pull up Cryonax, I'm telling you. Is Cryonax Demogorgon's yeah, son? Yeah, I saw the... Yeah. Um, I saw the... Uh, now, now I'm going to look at him. Hmm. Cryonax. D&D. I mean, maybe. Is Cryonax Demogorgon's son? I mean, maybe. I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of features here that like coincide with and they have our boy Demo. A similar style of stuff. Okay. Arms um, become tense. Uh, they both have weird towers that like are tall, but like are four times taller going both, down. They both got monkey face, yeah. or baboon face. You know a what he bit. he doesn't have a Dagon though. He needs a Dagon. Are you sure? Maybe deep down below the ice, it's um, yeah. Maybe there's maybe all Hydra's down there. Like, hey, buddy. <laughs> I know the ancient secrets from the before times. Indeed. Do you remember time? Me too. I was there when it started. <laughs> so, uh, nestled within the deepest chamber of the shimmering crystalline palace, Cryonax broods. Rumor has it that he has enslaved a coven of mortal wizards and priests, many of them water or ice genasi, who labor endlessly to produce new cold-based monsters to add to their master's <laughs> armies. <laughs> they're making, uh, They're making like silicone molds for different ice cubes. <laughs> yeah there you go he's, he's got a freezer <laughs> have you seen those videos where people rich people they have like freezers full of different kinds of ice no like the ice from sonic like the little tiny like porous things mm -hmm. uh and like the kind that are thin that you can put in your water bottles oh my goodness 
<laughs> like cubes and spheres and like what all kinds of, of ice shapes. Do you need? Yeah. My goodness. Ice with fruit frozen in it, like all kinds of stuff. That's Crynex. He's doing all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. So his, his ice got people in it. Oh, and monsters, manticores and stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> Stories of frost covered umber hulks, snowy rope snowy roper-like beings and even giant razor-winged birds made entirely of ice have come out of the chiseled estate for years. Mm -hmm. uh, the fortress is colder than most regions of the paraplane, inflicting an additional 1d6 points of damage per round to visitors who aren't immune to cold. Uh, the site inflicts still another 1d6 points of damage per round to those foolish enough to travel there with no special protection whatsoever. Okay. So don't go there. Just don't go there. Just don't you go need, there. You need a lot of jackets. Yeah, all the jackets. <laughs> uh, next is the Mountain of Ultimate Winter. Sick name. This oft-mentioned location sits upon the precipice amid a number of other icy mountains. Uh, cold wind whips around the jagged peaks of this white monstrosity, which sparkles with icy crystals. Although most outlanders say that the chiseled estate is the coldest spot in the paraplane, they're wrong. <laughs> that distinction belongs to the mountain of ultimate winter, which suggests that it's actually the coldest place in the multiverse. Okay. Non-natives who come to the mountain must make a successful saving throw or risk freezing utterly solid. Uh, Non-native creatures that are immune to cold, such as ice toads or winter wolves, suffer 1d6 points of damage per round while here. <laughs> Jeez. Just so cold. It's unnaturally cold. Yeah. It's... Super cold. <laughs> true cold. Oh, speaking of true cold. An area of true cold, uh, the mountain of ultimate winter freezes everything from words to concepts. These things become tiny crystals worth anywhere from 100 to 5,000 gold pieces, depending on the item and the buyer. The mountain is also home to imiths, parallel elemental humanoids who like to capture explorers and store them in frozen, uh, store them frozen solid in the caves of folly. This is like a cool, do you want to repeat that scene in Star Wars? You want to freeze people in carbonite? Mm. This is how you do it. Sure. A wizard walking into your lord's castle with a, a piece of true cold, like, I will unleash the true cold if you don't give me all your fucking gold. I like it. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it <laughs> did. I'm so evil. <laughs> Finally, there is the city of Tierra Minute. Um, which is just oddly close to uh, Tiramisu. I don't know. Well, I I can't wait for the description of this place to make a make a a jump in conclusion to why they're similar. Okay, <laughs> floating high above the paraplane among the chilling winds and icy tempests, a cloud a city surrounded by a magical bubble floats and bobs about the cloudless sky. Tierra Minute, a place constructed by priests of a now-forgotten wind goddess, somehow slipped from the plane of air to the paraplane of ice. No one really knows how this happened, but it did. Okay. Tierra Minute is used as a, as a rest stop by travelers who come to the paraplane. Within its glassy shield, the city is cold by mortal standards, but not dangerously so. A council of nine humanoids rule the city, and it offers an open door to all who come seeking shelter from the cold. All right, there's nothing here for me. Sorry. Well, there's a little more. It, <laughs> Tierra Minute serves as a trading post and even offers access to a few portals leading to other parts of the multiverse. Those looking for work can find it with uh, find it with the city's merchants who seek out brave souls to search the paraplane for frozen ideas or concepts, or even for the valuable material known as eternal ice. Mm -hmm. Eternal ice is a magical substance that looks and reacts like normal ice in every way, but never melts. 
Outsiders lucky enough to discover a chunk usually take it back with them as an intriguing curiosity. But eternal ice also serves a, serves a real purpose. Never melting, but always cold, it can safely store food or chill drinks, even in the hottest climate. We like that. Just don't, um, don't go out here and not wear gloves on your lady fingers. <laughs> get it? Because tiramisu. I get it. Ah, uh, yeah. I did it. <laughs> no, that's what I wanted to add. Did you? <laughs> All right, we're going to get ready for a long rest. It's long rest time. Sorry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we chill the fuck out. Yep. Get cold. Eat some tiramisu and have a great time. I'm so hungry. That sounds so good. It does sound really good. Um <laughs> I made some bread pudding yesterday. Do you Ooh, like nice. bread pudding? Um, I'm not a fan, but uh, my whole family is. I like mushy stuff. I don't know what it is. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm definitely the opposite. I yeah. judge my cereals on their crunch and their mush. Interesting. That's why so. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the, the goat. It's Okay, it's got to be good in both directions, it's good in basically. Both. And How do you feel about Rice Krispies? Too. Yeah, right, I like Rice Krispies because yeah. okay. they like congeal together kind of at do. the end they do and it's yeah. just this big like nom, nom. cocoa pebbles that's where it's at oh man and fruity pebbles oh my goodness i don't like fruity pebbles really those flavors are abrasive to me oh. but the cocoa pebbles is fine i do love cocoa pebbles but there's something um incredibly addictive about fruity pebbles for me for sure mm -hmm. yeah i like rice checks too and oh, yeah. life the mm -hmm. way they catch the yep. the milk life is bomb yeah mm -hmm. they get mush real good <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> my my slippies. I think we already did a cold slippies thing. Oh yeah, because we did the uh, goddess of ice or real. So ah, uh, good luck with this one, man. Dang. I mean, these can be have like yeti fur and tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. And if they touch you, you get frozen into a, a very special kind of ice cube. Yeah, we'll get put into Cryonax's <laughs> sick freezer full of cool ice. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, you heard about Patreon at the short rest. Um, you heard about the dice jar at the top and then somewhere in the middle of the episode. Indeed. And now you're going to hear about uh, Drakenstar? Yeah, sure. Let's talk okay. about Drakenstar. I'm working on chapter six out of uh, the eight major chapters. Um, it is a Drakenstar is a sci-fi, space opera, science fantasy uh, adventure setting for Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. It is based off of our, our not ongoing, our finished campaign, mm -hmm. uh, which you can find on YouTube or on the podcast feed, uh, called Super Quest Saga. And uh, yeah, it is. It has been something I've been working on extremely hard for over a year now, um, and we are providing. 11 new races, which we've renamed as species for sci-fi reasons, uh, as well as ability to uh, create your own custom alien species. Uh, the idea being that in a galaxy with billions and billions of worlds um, that are habitable, there's going to be more species than we could possibly fit in any book. Um, so build your own. Um, and we're also supplying uh, 13 new subclasses for, for the various classes of D&D 5th edition. There's going to be futuristic sci-fi te technological devices, magic items, and artifacts. Um, there's going to be space travel rules, space combat rules, uh, starship upgrading rules, and um, a whole bestiary of alien monsters that you can fight, um, and new spells as well. So if you're interested in supporting 
us in making this this awesome supplemental book. You can go to backerkit.com uh, or drakenstar.com. Uh, link is in the description. Um, I'm actually going to be closing the backer kit in March so that I can start processing orders and getting ready for distribution and printing. So there is a limited time, just two more months before we close we we shut it down. Um, so yeah. So get in there and, and order a book. Um, I'm, I'm something I'm really proud of, and I can't wait to get it in everyone's hands. Yeah, links in the description below. Um, I can't wait to see it. And we got uh, a ton of other links in that description below. You can also find us on social media. We're on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. We're on Mastodon. We're on um, Instagram. Instagram. The gram is real. You can find me on Instagram, Sound Good Inc. Um, we got anything? Oh, Discord. There's a link for Discord below. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us if you guys want to chat about something. Um, we have an email address and we have a PO box. Please send us something in the PO box. It'd be fun to read. I'm gonna go yeah. check the PO box this week. Um, but probably if you hearing if you're hearing this, then I'll catch it on the next time I go check the PO box. Um, if you send us like a postcard or something cool that we can read on the show, we will read it on the show. So. Uh, probably in the long rest. Uh, we're not doing any YouTube comments today uh, or next episode, I don't think, either, because we're a little crunched for time. But we're going to get back to some uh, Apple podcast reviews and, and read those. So if you guys want to leave some of those, that'd be awesome. It always super-duper helps uh, visibility with the show. Uh, I think we will start plugging that at the beginning of episodes again soon just to help with like some of our traction and things like that. It's always It's always nice to see, too. We like to read those on the show, like I said. Um, other than that, I think we're good to call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.